0: Welcome to the HR Huddle Podcast, presented by Sapient Insights Group, the ultimate resource for all things HR. It's time to get in the huddle.
1: Welcome to Spilling the Tea on HR Tech, where we focus on the hottest HR tech news everyone needs to know to be in the know. We break down the news of the week and help you make sense of what it means for our industry and how it could impact your organization. I'm your host, Stacey Harris, Chief Research Officer and Managing Partner for Sapient Insights Group, a research and advisory firm. And joining me today for the conversation is our co-host, Cliff Stevenson, Director of Research and Principal Analyst for Sapient Insights Group. Welcome to the show, Cliff. What varieties of tea do we have
0: to spill today? We have an assortment of both local National, international tea. We got it all. We've bit, got a little bit of little, little oolong in there, a little yeah, bit of, right. you know, breakfast
1: tea. We'll go for it. Okay.
0: We got some homebrew. All right. We're going to talk a little bit about some news from Vizier, some stuff that we wanted to get through last time. But again, there's a lot of news. We are going to talk a little bit about what's going on here at St. Bean Insights Group. We have had a very busy couple of weeks, and I think there's a lot of interest there talk about a little bit with Workday, uh, about the newest jobs report, UKG's sort of additional color on that. If we have time, we'll talk about some news out of Beamery and also some general news that's going on in HR tech. We're seeing a lot of interest from sort of more, you know, larger publications. There's a lot of interest in these sort of topics that we're talking about, and we'll go in through some of that.
1: Well, it, it sounds like a, a lot of different topics. And I want to say, we've talked a lot about UKG Workday, the big guys for the last couple of weeks. Come on, small guys. I'm waiting for you to make some big news. Give us some some good acquisitions. Give us some good topics. Send me some interesting conversations and Cliff and I will have them. So
0: yeah, <laughs> but, exactly. but
1: the, the starting point is, is Vizier. We, we were talking about him last week. What are some of the things that they because they added to the conversation? It wasn't just what we had last week that we were going to cover as well, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about a little bit about what we were going to cover last week, which was Vizier's sort of people analytics program expansion. People Essentials is what they're calling on it. So it kind of gives a easy on-ramp, right, for organizations to kind of begin doing people analytics. You know, it has been a journey, this whole HR analytics Life, you know, it used to be where I had to kind of explain some basics when I was talking about it. And now I feel like those people have far surpassed anything I could know. And I'm playing catch up, right? But there's a lot there on just, you know, sort of out of the box solutions, benchmarking, just getting quickly up and running. And I really like this because it's for kind of all size and types of organizations. There's really no type of company that can't benefit from having more insights into their people and the kind of work they're doing.
1: Yeah, this was when I when I walked through this a couple of weeks ago, I was and and like I said, we touched on it real briefly last show, but we didn't get a chance to really delve into it. The idea I've often heard that organizations haven't been able to make much headway with what we would call the, the pure play analytics platforms inside, particularly for the HR function connected to their HR applications. Because it's, you kind of taken a boil of the ocean approach. You had to pay so much for the software. You had to pay so much to get started when really most organizations we know start their journey in analytics for the HR function with a few key metrics, a few key areas where they start showing the data. They get more buy-in from the organization. They get more understanding about what that data means, where it's being, you know, added to from. And then they go into sort of building out more capabilities and more. So it's really hard to get that buy-in for that big software buy. And yet it's really hard to get started without something that maybe helps you walk through that process. And so what Vizier seems to be doing is they have basically, you said, cut down their solution into almost bite-sized chunks that can be bought and added to over time, which we've seen in some sort of HR capabilities and other HR solutions It's the first time I've seen it quite this way in an analytics platform, a primarily focused analytics platform. And I think this is important. It also mirrors a little bit what we're seeing in that sort of talent intelligence space as well, which is a little bit more bite-sized concept about getting data and analytics brought in just around the talent acquisition oftentimes side. So I'm excited to see this because I think Vizier, this will open up analytics for a lot of organizations who probably thought it was more expensive and more... Complicated than they have the capacity to handle, and so we'll we'll see see where this goes. So, and and then they also had some insight about expanding right now, right? That they're they're going beyond the the they've always sort of worked with international organizations because mm-hmm. they worked with a lot of multinationals, but they're they are opening up a new headquarter, aren't they?
0: They are. This is brand new news, just yesterday or today. They are going into Singapore. They're going to have a regional headquarters there. This really shows, I think. Something that you had noted and that we've seen in our research that the Asia-Pacific region is a very quickly expanding in terms of their HR capabilities, especially when it comes to becoming a strategic HR partner. And part of that, of course, is having the data, being an evidence-based organization, And I think this is all part of that sort of grander picture that you had picked out from our data, you know, from last year's report and really from the last few years, showing a growth in that area, that area of the world's adoption of a more strategic mindset to HR overall.
1: Yeah. If you look at just the one question we asked every year about the perception of, of strategic HR functions... There is no doubt the Asia Pacific market in general had the lowest overall percentage of organizations who felt they were viewed as strategic HR partners. I was below almost 30% in some cases compared to sort of 44 and 46% in the other regions, but it, it was a smaller subset of our data overall. And to your point, I think we're, we're definitely seeing interest in being more strategic and definitely a lot more focus on the data as part of that conversation instead of the processes. And it's always that question of which came first, the chicken or the egg, right? Do you get the process right? Do you get the systems right? Do you get the te- do you get the the metrics right? And we've all seen this start in different ways. But I will say that I know when I first started out in HR, it was very much a process focused conversation. Metrics and, and outcomes was the secondary piece, right? I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see how quickly the Asia Pacific market can ramp up the conversation around HR if they start from a metrics and an outcomes conversation side, right? Instead of the process side, does it, does it diff? Does it change the maturity increase? You know, the, the rapidly increasing percentage of, of more mature and, and viewed in strategic HR functions. So I'm excited to see it and not surprised that Vizier is, is heading in this direction because we're also seeing same sort of interest from the large enterprise ERPs and Vizier definitely is, you know, much more sort of aligned with a lot of that thinking. I think in many cases. So really exciting to see it go there.
0: Yeah. And actually, that's a good segue. I had mentioned some of that home brew, so let's talk about that because we were talking about our data and the big news out of sapient Insights group, I can't do a drum roll, but we can imagine one is that we had our public launch just last Wednesday. If you as a listener, you know you've been listening to us for a you know a long time, or even if it you know it's your first show, you know that's a format we're talking to you, but now we'd like you. Talk back to us. You know, it's our time to listen. If you're one of the listeners of the show, then you have valuable insights into this world. I'm sure of it. So if you look in the show notes of this podcast, wherever you receive it, you will see a link. You will also be able to find it on our website, but it's probably easiest to go into the show notes and find that. And, you know, it's really important because not only is it part of our aggregate data, but... When we are working and we are with a vendor, we are able to share your direct comments, sometimes in your own words, if that's sort of field and sort of area we're looking at. And that literally gives them a chance to see and to hear in their own words what's going on and what sort of changes they need to make. And of course, that's all anonymous, I should say, you know, just in aggregate and, you know, when it's just one-on-one. But still, it's an extremely powerful tool, Stacy. I know you and I were just talking, or before this, about you know that it's really a two directional thing too, right? It's not just that we're giving the vendors that feedback, right? But they can kind of talk back on that, you know, and give feedback on that and help you as a listener, or as a buyer, you know, make better decisions as well. You know, it becomes a more human conversation.
1: Yeah. I've been in the research for a long time. And so many people know I've got a history. I worked at Person and Associates for many years in Brandon Hall. Same with you. you vision I4CP in Brandon Hall. And before that, I was a practitioner. And you know, there's been a couple of things that I really, really found important when I started working at what was here, CEDAR, and now it what is the research that we're doing here at Sapient Insights Group. And one of the things that was really important to me as a, a founding member of the Sapient Insights organization was that, you know, we... Really valued the voice, right? Because when I was a practitioner on the ground, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I would be told from an executive, "Just buy the product." You know, I, I went and had golf with somebody, and this was the right product. Just go buy it. And and so you're you're stuck oftentimes with an uh, the, the application, or even if you've done all the really good work and you did all the RFPs and you did all things and you bought the product and it just didn't quite meet up to the needs. Or it was really great, met your expectations with better than you expected, but you didn't have a voice for, for that either, right? Like I, once you're, you're in the process of of doing that work, it's so often that you find that you might get a, a survey from that vendor that kind of says, you know, tell us what you think and how you're thinking. And almost all vendors do that now where they want to get customer feedback, but it's, it's very much in the context of, of working with that one product or that one module. And the nice thing that I that I really felt it was important about what we were doing at Sapient Insights is that we continued the the history and the long term approach we'd taken to do mm-hmm. one survey a year across all the application areas, so that when we got that data, we could give you that holistic look. We could talk about the fact that yes, they're having these challenges, but it's also maybe because they're leveraging this module versus that module, or because you know, they're this size of an organization versus that size of an organization, right? Like we could give context and dimension and capabilities around that data. And to me, that, that's that been the most exciting part. It's definitely the hardest part of what we do, because it means we have to have really clean data. It means we have to spend a lot of time sort of digging and slicing and analyzing that data. And we have to understand the technologies. And the, that's part of what a lot of why you and I both go to these events and, and work with the vendors is to make sure we understand what they're Providing so that when we get the feedback, we can make sense of it, but it is a powerful tool to be able to even if you change one or two screens you know that is impacting the lives of thousands of employees, you know we've made a difference you know if if they if they take off that annoying button or they or they change how they use the terms or the customer service care get altered slightly. It can impact everybody's day to day work, and that to me is a really powerful thing that comes out of the work that we do. So, so yeah, my little bit of a soapbox. So, thank you for mentioning no. it. Surveys well, actually, lines. they can access it on the website right now, right?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and if you and if you like that, ideas that Stacy's talking about, I know that you know we don't want to do like shameless self promotion here, but you're going to be keynoting at HR Tech this year, which <laughs> I, I'm very excited about. I hope everyone else is too. Now that's going to be. Friday morning, Saving the Best for Last, you and Gina Davis, it's going to be, I'm not saying they're going to be on together. I'm not saying they're not. You'll just have to be there and make sure. But make sure you plan your fight. Flights accordingly. Make sure you make that. If you like these ideas and the things we're talking about, that's what we're going to be doing. But it's going to be with all the new data and all the new information that we have because it will have closed our survey will close before that. So, you know, get your voices in and be a part of that keynote in a way.
1: Yes. Yeah. I will have to say I'm honored as always to keynote the the HR Technology Conference, which comes in the fall in Las Vegas. There's there's many conferences out in the market that I'm honored to speak at and be part of. You are as well, Cliff. I know you you attend a lot of things. But the HR Technology Conference is was kind of my start. That's well, that was the first big conference I went to in our industry. It was the one where I got a chance to understand the difference between what an analyst did versus a researcher versus, you know, influencers and, and how all that fit together in the market and how important each role was. So I, I have a bit of a soft spot for the, the conference. And it's, and it's also where I've made some of the best and dearest friends I have in my life. Right. People who I now can call on for almost anything that I, I need in my day to day life. And so it, it is a bit like going home for a week to get to see everyone. But I will say, for my kids, have rarely think that I'm cool. They they rarely are are excited about the work that I do. It did, it, it, you know, they understand it completely. They they get the impact of it. But you know, it, it, it's it's not as cool as you know. My son's absolutely thrilled. I have a friend who's got a, a chef as a as a their parent is. He's like, that's an awesome job. I'm like, you know, you you can do that too. <laughs> But I sent an image just because I had to of of the the sort of keynote picture with me and Gina Davis right next to each other and then Josh Person and and Mark Buckingham and I just you know zipped it off and said they said does this mean your mom's cool now here and the, it was so funny my son my my oldest son came back and he's like mom this is awesome we know her this is cool so I'm I'm now in the cool mode for my kids and they're a little older so I I felt you know very. That that made me smile this week. So
0: <laughs> no, <that's laughs> like great. I would say you're, you're in a league of your own. Yes, that's I, right.
1: <laughs> Tongue in cheek for the movie. Thank you, guys.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so we've got kind of, you know, running up a time. So yeah. I'm just going to go through a couple of things really fast. Uh, Workday has a new CFO, Zane Rowe, coming out of VMware. Yeah. Uh, 20 years there. There was the jobs report. Now, that's, of course, a major one. That's through the Bureau of Labor Statistics and I will kind of sum up by saying that it was very positive. Basically, gains across the area, you know, just jobs up overall. Regionally, employment was up in 40 and unchanged in 10, with the strongest gains being Nevada, Texas, and Florida. Now, Florida, as a resident, I can say, is probably because of something else. The UKG, with their data, kind of chimed in and wanted to add a little color to that. So they were going across some of the industries and the retail food service and hospitality Hospitality is one of the strongest gains along with healthcare, which makes sense in Florida, right? That's a large part of what we do is hospitality and service industry, especially in the regions I'm at. So that makes sense. That may be still kind of rebounding, but it's also because we're seeing some seasonal jobs coming in early. Uh, and that makes sense, but you know, overall, I just like to say, you know, that's great news. We heard so much, I'd say doom and gloom, but concern, worry about layoffs, uh-huh. and, and
1: and we know people who've been laid off, right? Like I just had, I had three or four friends who've just recently reached out to me and said, you know, they they got their notices in the last couple of weeks. So so we know it's definitely a softening market, but maybe it's in different areas and 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 industries, and it might not be as big as it feels. It always feels bigger when it's personal, right?
0: Exactly. And then, of course, because this is just a feature, you know, this is the this is the sugar or cream that we put in the tea here. We have to talk about AI. That's just that's just the nature of the the flavor that's popular right now. Right. So Beamery. Like the French vanilla. Of, 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 yeah. There we right. Yeah. It's like the pumpkin spice. It's hot. Yeah. Right? That's a coffee. one, But anyway, so Beamery, the hiring platform, they have a lot of AI features that they've added in, including predictive insights, a talent match that comes from their ADA, AI, helps shortlisting, that type of thing that we've seen. But, you know, they were being very careful about how it's deployed. And that kind of led into an article that I saw on Forbes that came out titled Why HR Should Remain One of the Functions with Lower AI Usage. And uh, what I really found most fascinating about this is that the article is great. Actually gives some recommendations, you know, which you don't always see in news, right? They're just kind of reporting the news, but the recommendations were be transparent with employees about AI, how AI tools are used. Great. We always say that. And the most relevant one I thought was their other recommendation, which is stay up to date on the latest developments in AI. So, you know, you heard it from Forbes folks. <laughs> this is, this is part of. The process, right, is just knowing what's going on. I know we kind of talk about that a lot, but I do think it's important for all of us to have that conversation because, again, Stacey, I were talking before about, I think there's a bit of fear mongering. I think you would agree about AI and what it's doing without really talking too much about what its real impact is. Do you agree with that or would you want to explain on that? I
1: mean, I don't. I think there's there's a lot of of people sort of making a lot of money right now off of both the 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 upside and the downside of artificial intelligence. And as all things, I think you know it it's fear should not be driving decisions in any at any level, but it, it does a lot of times, right? What I what we would love to see is that people take that fear and use it to educate, to to get more information, to to spend the time understanding, you know, what's really happening you know i think along the same lines we saw you know an article coming out of forster's recent work mm-hmm. predicting that the top security threats going forward in 2023 were going to be from generative ai to geopolitical tensions right there's no doubt that it, that that generative ai and the changes that are taking place is going to have an impact on our world and the one thing that i tell tell people is that if it's going to impact your world you definitely don't want to hide from it. You want to make sure you're educated, but you also don't want to be the first to use it without a clear understanding of what you're getting into. And so so I think that it's important for us to have some just some honest conversations about it. So.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, we're seeing you know, kind of the last article. And again, all these will be in the show notes. As always, if you want to take a look at any of this, there was a report we saw about how HR managers felt about. Chad GPT generated resume, CVs, mm-hmm. and it said 39% of HR professionals consider if you had made your resume using technology, that was a deal breaker, meaning you would notice it and they'd say, you're out. So again, I'm not sure that's right or wrong, but I do think it goes to what you just said, Stacey, that may be based out of fear, a reactive sort of thing that's happening because of all the stories. And I think instead, being knowledgeable, being transparent, that may help you make more informed decisions rather than gut decisions just based on how you may or may not feel about AI. And so I think it's a conversation we'll keep having. As long as people are interested, we all keep talking about it.
1: Yeah. And if you're really kind of wanting to understand sort of the different ways you could look at generative AI and chat GPT and all that. Through the lens of someone who's, who's having a day to day impact on it. There's a friend of mine. She's, her name is Sarah Griesenbach. She basically does a B2B writing classes and program, right? Though so directly is impacting her right now and is the idea that, you know, that the chat and GTP could be replacing her job because is it teaching people how to write better? Right. And she put, on, I think what it was a great post today. And I thought, well, this, this is this is the crux of it right is ai chat and gpt a new brush for the artist or a new printing machine for the publisher and she and her conversation was about the fact that all she's hearing is people talking about how it is so much more about a publishing tool but if you're an artist and it will help you move your art further there's so much power in it too and we and we're spending so much time talking about the fear of the publishing and not about the fear of the opportunity of moving your art forward so I do think that, you know, you have to have those lenses on when you're looking at this. And so just if you want a different perspective on it, maybe through the eyes of someone who's being impacted on a day-to-day basis right now, Sarah's got some great insight on it. So I'll I'll do a plug for her.
0: I love it. I think that's wonderful. I, I know we're kind of out of time, but, you know, as always, Stacey will talk about, you know, how you can reach us, but we'd love to hear from you and anyone that's being impacted. And we'll kind of see you how everyone feels about all of this, because- it's a big topic, but it can be very exciting, too, in a good way.
1: Yeah, very much so. Yeah. And and again, you know, our goal here every two weeks between this, our HR, our whole HR huddle program is to bring you both the news that is up to date and gives you something that you can sort of share and put into context in the world that you're in. But also at our HR, we have a problem, our sister podcast that Terry Zipper runs where we're we're doing regular conversations with people who are in the in the midst of either doing the work or being part of the work. The goal here is is to to basically answer some questions you have every week with some of these. Please send us information and details and questions you might have. So just kind of wrapping up today, what a great conversation, Cliff. We're, we're going to have to have more of these. I love it when we get these philosophical. We have a little bit of time to do the philosophical conversations. But a couple of quick reminders for our listeners. It is survey season. As we mentioned, you're going to hear a lot about it. We'll keep pounding the ground with this until July 1st is the date that the survey Wraps up this year. So it's available. Anyone who uses or buys their HR technology systems and would like to have a voice and share their feedback can go to our homepage. And we'll also leave a link in the show notes here. So you, so you have access to it there. You can also access all of our, our, on our website, you can also access all of our research, including our new HR and action report, how SMBs are using HR technology to thrive written by our very own Cliff Stevenson. As well as our full annual HR system survey white paper, both are exciting papers that we've got out and available for people to download. The how you can the SMB paper is only available for a few more days. So I would definitely get to that quickly. Also, if you are interested in getting more in depth data or support in your HR strategy journey, just drop us a line at info at sapientinsights.com to schedule some time to chat. And also sign up for our newsletter to get ongoing updates on the research launches where we'll be speaking or visiting and when you can participate in our annual survey, as we just talked about. If you're enjoying these episodes and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review where you grab your podcast. It makes all the difference for learning about all of this. I've been doing podcasts for over five years, but I now that everybody's doing it, reviews are such a big and hot thing. So I, I think it's important to to ask for that. If we, if you guys have a moment to do it, we really appreciate it. I won't guilt you into it. I just did a whole TikTok thing someone did where they were like, I know that if you really like me, you'll put a review. I won't do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> to stay up to date with immediate breaking HR tech news and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us at Sapient Insights on LinkedIn or Twitter, as well as Instagram. And we do fun images on Instagram, but it's it's definitely not a, a big news outlet for us. And then just a quick thank you, Cliff, for us always pulling all this data together every week coming up with the, the important information that we should be talking about. Thanks to our production team, including Brand Method Media Group, who helps us produce our podcast run by our amazing founder, Kelly Kelly, and our marketing team, Lisa Renko and Zoe Britton, who make sure that all of this is made accessible to everyone who wants to see it and hear it. And most importantly, thanks to our listeners and community. We couldn't do this without you. We love to hear from you. And really, this is all about helping give you guys the the details you need to make the business decisions that are important to you. So that's it for this episode of Spilling the Tea on HR Tech. We hope it's been the just the brew you needed to start the engines running this week. We'll be back in two weeks with another pot of boiling hot HR Tech updates and insights. Bye, everyone.